individuals just like you dealing with their own journey from loss to growth, along with mental health experts, growth guides, all with the purpose of helping you heal better, improve mind, body, and spirit, and find your new purpose from the loss and the tragedy that you have experienced. Hi, I'm Tom Pasello. I'm your growth evangelist, uh, as well as a fellow widower. I lost my beautiful bride of 19 years, Judy, some uh, six years ago now. So we have a return guest. My favorite is Helen Keeling Neal. She is a licensed mental health counselor, a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's a nationally certified counselor with a private practice here in my hometown of Winter Park, Florida. And as well, Helen's on the board here with us at Grow Through Grief to address everything dealing with mental health and, and everything concerning Thanks, the mind. Tom. Good to Welcome be back, here. Helen. Excellent. And today we're here to talk about a little bit of a different topic. And it's one that I like to call a walk in the woods. Um, I had a life-changing experience on a spiritual treat, retreat with some pastor friends of mine. And it didn't necessarily have to be uh, religious or spiritual, but it just happened to be. And at the end of this retreat, we were asked to take a walk in the woods and work on some of the things that we had talked about over the weekend individually and to work on those with God in this case. Um, Talk about your own experience with a walk in the woods and why it can be so important to the grief healing. You know, process. there's so much to being out in nature, so many benefits to it. My personal experience are, you know me, I like to be out in the woods. I like to go out by myself. I go, I do the Japanese art of forest bathing and walking in the woods, and I walk with a particular gentleman whose name is Pa, he's originally from Africa and he lives in North Carolina and he will create intuitive trails in the woods and then um, he'll take a group or I go out by myself with him on these intuitive trails where we really tune into, you know, the that higher power or universal truth or the land or the essence of the trees and just really get really connected with nature mm -hmm. in a spiritually connective and an emotionally connective sense that is deeper than I can do sitting in my office or even meditating in my garden. It's this complete break from phones, from electronics, from people, from buildings, where in a way we get back to a sense of um, the soul and the soul's connection with the land and the earth. And I find it extremely cleansing for me to do individually. I've had some powerful walks where I've had some, uh, you know, we meditate along the way. I've had some inspiration come to me. I've had a lot of release of feelings and worries and fears and experiences that go far beyond that that have felt like I've walked this land before in previous lives, you know, that sort of um, reincarnative experience of this is very familiar. It smells like a woolly mammoth. <laughs> so those kind of experiences, it's very powerful for me. It's very much a part of my regular spiritual practice. I try and go quarterly to do this. I'm getting ready to do another one. Yay, March, can't wait. 
Yeah. And you do them often, right? About how much time in between. I try and do at least four a year. And there, yeah. And there are different kinds of walks too. I'll do walks locally as well, where I just tune in and do my own little mini walks by myself. But these specific ones where I go into a forest, Mm -hmm. like the Pisgah Forest, are a little more extensive and um, just really are about me releasing anything that's sort of built up and releasing that stress and getting out of that frantic environment, which we all tend to live in. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of us hide our grief beneath a lot of busyness, right? We get back to life. Life uh, quickly comes upon us and we go into a survival mode almost. And I think it's really important for the healing process to take that time to be with yourself quietly. We had one widower brother who recounts in a book that he wrote how he went up into the woods soon after his wife had passed. And the first thing he did was stood outside the cabin and screamed, and screamed at the top of his lungs and got that anger out. And he did that a few times to, to kind of as part of the healing process. And then after that would take long walks and just spent a lot of time by themselves, which many of us don't get a chance to do with friends and family coming by. Uh, they need healing. They need comfort themselves. They're trying to comfort you. There's normally, and I know you and I both dealt with this, you with much younger kids, me with teenage kids, but the children and other family members to to uh, kind of help with their healing process. And we don't have a lot of time to spend up with ourselves. Uh, many of us have had to go back to work right away because of financial pressures too. So talk about that. Talk about the importance of just getting away and being by yourself and that part in the mental health. But process. I also think it can be very difficult because it does help to sublimate our feelings, especially those of us who may be the uh, emotional caretaking kind to take care of everybody else's needs or take care of making money. Um, It's a way to avoid the grief. But there's something so pure about the kind of release that your friend did where he just yelled and screamed and hollered outside his cabin on his walk. It was so important. The last walk I did, I did a walk, one of my own walks, and then I took someone else on a walk. And it was someone who had um, lost a marriage through divorce. And this man, we went at night, which in retrospect, I wasn't thinking about the bears. I would think about the bears in the future because (laughs) maybe not the safest thing to do, but we're fine. There were no bears on our walk. So we went up into the woods and it was at night. And, and I just sort of walked him through a process of release and meditations at different spots. And at one point we came to this rock and it was an opportunity to howl the pain of loss that he was feeling. And he just, he just put his head up like he was releasing and lamenting and he howled like a wolf, just this agonizing pain. And, you know, up until that point, it had been in in silence with, you know, silently walking and connecting and him connecting with his feelings. And I set it all up at the beginning. And then he howled and he howled, he howled and he sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. 
And then he screamed and he yelled, he yelled out all the anger and he just got to get this anguish because I think that's the best word, the combination of the sad and the mad of grief and loss is anguish. And to get that out at night in the woods without having to feel embarrassed or ashamed or to not having to hold back, it's an opportunity to get it out and let the light in. Because grief is so heavy, we have to make space for the lightness. <laughs> and the only way to do that is to let it out. If we pack it yeah. down, it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. It takes a toll. Yeah, and it takes a toll on our body. Um, the analogy that I love is it's like holding a beach ball, uh, one of those inflatable beach balls, and trying to push it down into the water. And as you're trying to hold back your grief and hold it back, it takes a lot of energy and it ultimately takes a toll on your body. And that's from the A Body Keep Score book. Um, Helen, one of the things that I did pretty early on in the healing process was I would take little walks through a park that was right across from my house. And this isn't a big park, but it has beautiful uh, old 400 year old cypress trees in it. And the first thing I did was practiced a little gratitude and started to recognize that even through this whole loss, there was still so much beauty around me in life. And I began to pay attention to little things, the leaves, the way the light reflected and refracted off of the water, uh, the trees and how they bent in the breeze and just a lot of little things that I tried to notice and I tried to be present. And it was very centering for me to take those meditative, meditative trips. And later on, um, I added growth mindset podcasts and spiritual um, scripture and, um, you know, Bible um, study passages through those walks. So they became very much just a part of my day. I would start every day with that walk in the woods of gratitude, of recognition, of the beauty around me and of other people's words, the word, and then words of other uh, healers and advice I kind of got my mind in the right place, both spiritually and in a growth mindset. Um, talk about why nature is so powerful in helping us to do that yeah. and kind of getting us present again. What you were doing, because you've got the trifecta of healing going there. The physical act of walking, we know that physical activity is very helpful for us and helps us stay in our frontal cortex. And it's bilateral. And bilateral movement is EMDR, eye movement, desensitization, mm -hmm. reprocessing. It can be done by walking. It was how EMDR was discovered. So that helps process emotionally. And then, yeah, yeah just the back side to side and, and you're going right. forward, but this is all bilateral step, 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 step. You know, this would be bilateral too. Mm -hmm. So in that piece, you're processing emotionally yeah. as you're walking, but then you brought in the spiritual component with uh, the Bible verses you had and other inspirational podcasts that you were listening to. All the while, you're keeping mm -hmm. your frontal cortex online in an observatory stance. So you're looking to find beautiful and pretty and noticing the, your surroundings as you go. And that's just a great form for healing right there. So 
That's amazing. What we do know, there's a lot of research. So I went on to look at some research before we started this because I was thinking, well, what specifically does nature do? We know we felt the benefits and intuitively. And here's the list that has been researched to um, come up with a, an empirically evidenced list of what being in nature does. And there's a difference between green spaces. This is mostly green space research. Now we're looking into blue spaces. So the ocean and the water bodies and research and what mm. that specifically does um, in uh, the research world, but uh, lowest stress. So there's physiological and psychological benefits. Lowered stress, better mood, mm. reduced risk of psychiatric disorders, increased empathy and cooperation, um, and then the physiological, the cognitive benefits. There was research on green spaces near schools. And what the research showed was that uh, it increased cognitive development for children. And then there was research on green spaces that were viewable from children's homes. And the research showed it promoted self-control behaviors. So I just thought that was fascinating. And there's this piece that you know, we come from primitive times, the land. There's a connective piece. There's an innate piece that connects us with nature that helps us get back to, in a way, our most authentic selves before there was any of the electronic or the industrial age or any of that um, came into fruition. So really we're connecting with the land. We're connecting with really ancient um genetic part of ourselves yeah i agree and that's something that i think you lose and it almost gets suppressed when you are on your phone all the time or in front of a computer or and uh i completely agree now one of the things that both you and i did was we took these assisted walks with people who had mm -hmm. developed healing yeah. programs around a walk in the woods. And that to me took, I was already walking religiously before that as a habit every day, but now I'm on a retreat and I'm going through a program. Talk about why that can be so important to have someone maybe to guide your walk in the woods with an even higher purpose and a, and a method to the madness. I think you know, if there's anything that elevates a walk in the woods of being in nature, it's connecting with someone else while doing it. Especially someone mm -hmm. who has understanding, whether that's through experience or knowledge of what you've been through, because it just brings this additional mm -hmm. level of support and companionship within that. And then if you're going with a guide who's a spiritual guide who who has a, an ability to help facilitate you into going a little bit deeper into what you're feeling and expressing it is encouraging you to express it either to them or to a group of people. That's a release with empathetic support is I think the best release that there is because there's somebody who can witness that pain and witness the release of that pain and can say, oh, I hear you, I get it we're right here for you. Let's howl together. That kind of moment. Yeah. 
that was one of the best things my mentor and I, uh, Dan lived in Boulder, Colorado, and the most beautiful, some of the most beautiful hikes are just right outside of your door up in the foothills in, in Boulder. And we used to take those healing walks all the time. Yeah. Both of us just talking for hours, uh, four hours, six hour hikes. And we would just talk about life and the things we were dealing with and our happiness and our joy. And yes. uh, I miss, I miss those walks. The one that I took was facilitated up to the point where we took the walk in the woods and the walk in the woods itself was alone. Uh, and I had worked out a structure to take that walk, being the engineer that I am, everything's gotta be a system, right? So, so I'm like, all right, I, I've listened to everything that was going on, but I think if I went through a certain process, there was an end goal in mind and I'll get to the end goal. But the first thing I did was I wrote down all of the baggage I was holding on to. And the baggage was forgiveness and the forgiveness that I might not have formally given to those who I believed hurt me and forgiveness and an admission of my own sins and my own shortcomings and asking for forgiveness for that. So the first thing was is getting it all out there, all those past things that had hurt me, all of the people who had maybe wounded me in a way, intentionally, not intentionally, whatever it might've been, was really getting that out there. And forgiveness was definitely the first part of the theme. Second was giving thanks for everything that was in my life and expressing gratitude. Third was, all right, I've got a lot of things that I'm really happy about in my life that bring me joy, but I've also got these questions. Questions about, am I on the right path? Or relationships or parenting. Um, there was a long list of those as well. And those I posed, I posed to God. And then I listened in silence and just walked, trying to clear my mind as much as possible. And Helen, I've got to admit, because I'm a control enthusiast, that I really wanted an answer right away. I hadn't ever done anything like this before. And so I was like, well, I went through all of this great work ahead of time, and I asked the questions, and all right, I'm listening. I know I've heard stories of you know, that voice, and it's going to come to me. And it didn't come to me right away, but in the walk, kind of like you, where you were with your friend, the divorced friend, and you went, arrived at a rock. To me, that rock had this little bit of light shining on it. And I stood there and I had a journal with me. And the journal was where I wrote down the long list of things, sins that I had that I needed to be forgiven for, forgiveness of others, and all the other things that I went through before. Um, words started coming to me and I started writing and it was a beautiful poem that is on the website and will be part of the book uh, about words that were gifted to me. And it basically confirmed one of my big questions was, am I taking my new life, this, this life, continued life that I have in the right direction that you want me to be in? Am I living with purpose that you want me to do? Um, and am I taking the lessons from everything that you've that I've been through and uh, applying them in the right way to become a better version 2.0 in that repurposed. 
And it was confirmed to me right then and there through those words that literally just free flowed through me. And so that was a really important part in my process was you know, getting that confirmation. And that was probably the biggest question I had because I was changing a lot of my life to make sure that I had time to do this a new purpose. And I wanted to make sure it was the right direction. And it was fantastic to get that confirmation. Talk a little bit about some of your experiences. Yes. And what your walks yeah, and I love that. I love that you got your answer. And I love that it came in a way that wasn't the way you anticipated or wanted it to be. That sometimes it's that still small voice inside mm -hmm. that comes out, flows out in a way that it did for you. You know, I've had some pretty interesting walks that, you know, that maybe a little bit outside of the realm of of sort of releasing the grief and more in the realm of the spiritual world and experiences like that. But I'll tell you a little bit about the latest one I did. So, you know, I'm 12 years post losing David. So, you, you know, originally the walks that I did would be more about internally processing and releasing the grief and, 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 and letting light in and becoming grateful and wanting information on what direction to go in. The biggest one for me was to go and get my master's degree and become a counselor that happened after he died. So that was, a big moment for me when I had that answer and that now's the time to go for it. Um, but more recently, it's been around the spiritual components. So the last walk I did with PA, P-A-A is how it's spelled, PA. Um, so uh, I went to this new place. It's on a piece of land. It's called Sweet James and actually has been developed into a retreat place now. It's got really very nice tree houses and big yurts that you can go and stay in and these kind of things. And Pa's job is to tend this land. And he does this in, you know, leather sandals with a machete. And he machetes trails intuitively through mm. these acres of land and these forests and things like that. And he was very excited to take me on this walk because there was a new trail that he wanted to take me on and and his take is the land tells him where to go so this is a very spiritual kind of walk and when we walk we walk in silence <laughs> on the way out to where we're going wherever it is we're going to so and uh, and when we enter the forest we enter it with respect and it's about we're entering this environment mm. that is this very spiritual environment and we, we don't take anything without permission from the forest and it's done with great reverence and respect of the land and usually um, it'll be I'll take in there three things that I have questions about in my door I'll have it written mm -hmm. that I need some answers on so in this particular walk, we walk and we go down mm -hmm. and it's quite difficult because it's steep banks to go down. And then ooh, we're walking and it's in silence and I'm slipping and I'm falling and <laughs> I got a couple of gashes from the thorns and things like that. But I'm loving it because it's so, yeah. I'm so connected with the land. And we go down to what clearly had been at one point a riverbed. It's dried up, but all over the place are these giant quartz crystal boulders covered in moss and dirt, but these big, I mean, a riverbed of 
sports boulders. Never seen anything I've like never it. Seen anything They're like all it over. Yeah. And and then I and he just encourages me to find the first place that I want to meditate in. And so I go and I find this first place and I, I start my meditation and I'm instantly transported back to this um, sort of really ancient hut dwelling. And it was like I was so connected spiritually with that land. I was seeing either myself before or the, the indigenous people that lived there. And so he had me meditate in three different spots and each time was more and more powerful and more and more connected. And what happened to me as a result of that is that sense of connection with humanity, myself, humanity, the world, the universe, so to speak, this massive spiritual experience of feeling universal love, and being a part of this universal love. So when I come out of there, I am filled up and I feel like I'm literally connected with every person in the planet, no matter who, in a sense of, of a loving sort of spiritual way, sort of a godly kind of way. It's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah. like you said, I've never oh. seen any yes, crystals like, big, like, like too bed. big to even move yeah helen what is the one thing that you'd like to leave our widower brothers with our growth um experts uh what would you like to leave them with today with regard to you yeah a so walk it doesn't in the have woods. to be in the woods it can be in a park it can be standing under the one tree in your neighborhood and just reaching out and touching the bark, but it's connecting with that divine sense of a land and a world that is bigger than us. It can be uh, walking through mead gardens we have locally or just walking along a trail and looking up and noticing how blue the sky is. And it just is that sense of life is worth living. No matter the loss, it's worth living mm -hmm. and it's worth living well. And that you can find joy and gratitude even through the darkest times, even after the most profound, darkest, painful times, it's available. Yeah. yeah. I just like the sense of unplugging you know, and just not having any other worry in the world, but putting one foot in front of the other through that green environment. And I think coming with questions, I think both you and I had questions of various kinds during all of our walks. And every single time I've gone on one of these walks, Helen, I've had what I would like yeah. to think of as these divine answers that have come out of it. And uh, like you said, they're not always expected answers. They're not always presented in expected ways. And sometimes they're not even presented there in the walk in the woods, but will occur days later. But they've always come. And I think that's one of the most powerful aspects of it. So definitely get out in nature, definitely take a walk in the woods. And if you can find a retreat or, or spiritual guide, like Helen and I have both had the um, honor of participating with and, and in a walk in the woods with, uh, 
all the better. Helen, thank you so much for such an interesting conversation and as You're always welcome, for Tom. great advice. Thank you for listening to our Growth Through Grief podcast. If you liked what you heard, please hit the like button, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can keep up to date on the latest ones. And until next time, my growth warriors, keep growing. <laughs>